Find out what's making you sick and how to heal. Anthony William is the medical medium. Hello, I'm Anthony William, and you're listening to the Medical Medium Radio Show, where each week I talk about the most advanced healing information and secrets about health, much of which is not found anywhere else and is decades ahead of what's out there now. And that that just reminded me about something, you guys, that, you know, back when, back a few decades ago, and just even, even not even a few decades ago, let's just go two decades ago, the Internet wasn't in its, you know, it, it wasn't in that stage it was in, obviously, if there was even an Internet at that time. And, you know, when someone was sick, when someone was sick and they had symptoms, they had like fatigue or they couldn't function well or they had a weak sensitive central nervous system or they had vertigo, balance issues, being dizzy, um, anything of that sort. They weren't well for some reason, sinus infections chronically, chronic UTIs, mystery symptoms, aches and pains, neuralgia, you know, tingles and numbness, the list goes on, migraines, all unexplainable, all mystery. When someone had all that, there was really no support system. It didn't exist. If you walked into a drugstore, you couldn't get echinacea. Now, this is hysterical. You know, I purposely walked into a drugstore a long time ago. I mean, this is decades ago. I walked into the drugstore to look at the vitamins, see if they had vitamins in the drugstore. And they had, at the time, you know, two major company vitamins. You probably know who they are, right? I'm not going to mention any names. And they're just sitting on the shelf there. And I went to the pharmacist. I said, do you guys have any echinacea? And they laughed at me. They laughed at me. Literally laughed me out of the pharmacy. Okay? I'm just telling you right now. And okay, sure, this is 25, 30 years ago, but I'm telling you right now, laughed me out of the pharmacy. Think about that for a minute. Okay? And that wasn't just there. It was, it was nationwide like that. So, what does that tell you, just that alone? So when you were sick back then with anything, and some of you, many of you probably experienced it. What are you kidding? I mean, that's the whole point. If you were sick back then with anything, good luck, good luck. Now, you would think things are actually better now. We have the Internet, thank God. We have all these different things, thank God, okay? And, and you know, we have communication. You think things would be better now. now. You had all these fancy books out. We got experts everywhere. But chronic illness is quadrupling. Forget quadruple. It's, it's way past that. It's way past that. It's, it's by 10. It's by 15 times past that. It's tripling, doubling, doubling times five. It's, that's where chronic illness is going. And everybody's got a symptom. You may know people. You may know family members. You, you may know friends. You may know loved ones. You may know anybody that's got a problem, that's got something. And here's the problem. The problem is there's the misinformation that's out there, both conventionally and alternatively. It's riddled in there everywhere. So the medical medium radio show, we're clearing that up. That's the whole point. You stay with me for the ride. We're going to clear up each each show. We're going to just, just move forward all together. We're going to work together on this because I've said it before in some of the last shows. I need your help, too, to get the information out there so you can help and spread that and spread it to your family and help people and help a friend or a stranger that you run into because it's incredible when that occurs because you offer assistance just by accident, also just by by just just being it just starts to happen and the world starts to change but back then forget it you get chronic fatigue syndrome you're just you're you're just stupid that's all you're just stupid if it's something that can't be tested for and measured you're just you're just stupid uh, that's how bad it was it's still that bad in other ways we're still in these weird places now I have a lot of misinformation, a lot of trouble. We're still, we're still, the reason why is because we're dealing with antiquities. We're dealing with antique tests, antique information, even with the best equipment, the best functional equipment, you know, the best alternative, you name it, we're still in the dark ages. So we have to clear this up because you don't have 10 years. I don't have 10 years. We don't have 20 years. I don't have 30 years to wait for answers. Life is precious and it has to be cleared up now. And that's what we're doing. Okay, so today's show, we're talking about grains. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Are grains good for you? Are they bad for you? 
are they good for you? Are they bad for you? Am I driving you crazy yet? Are we gonna have to? <laughs> All right, hang in there, okay? I'm gonna just, I'm just gonna relax. I'm gonna calm it down. We're gonna have to get our seatbelts on for sure, okay, for this one, because grains is a big topic, and I don't mean greens. I'm not saying greens. Okay, I'm saying grains. All right, <laughs> we're going to talk about these grains. It's really important. Um, so I'm excited. So <laughs> let's let's talk about this. Hey, you know, and and look, remember, there's an LA event coming up, Los Angeles. There's an event coming up. I'm really excited for it because since I was young, when Spirit was talking to me, and still does, of course, and I hear Spirit perfectly clear, and I diagnosed my grandmother of lung cancer. After that, you know, after that and growing up a little bit, I asked Spirit, what more can I do? What more can I do for everyone? I saw the suffering. Spirit was telling me everything that was wrong with everybody. I remember being at this convention with my parents, and I was eight years old. And I was at this convention, and, you know, and I was, it was really crowded. And anyone who knows me or knows anything about me knows that I go blind when I'm around too many people. That's why at the events, I practically fall off the stage. It's, it's actually kind of humorous and embarrassing at the same time. Because the more readings I do, it's, it's why I have an assistant come with me everywhere. It's why I have to go on the plane with my assistant. Because 150 passengers on the plane, I'm going to get readings for. Every last one of them. There's no break. There's no relaxing. There's no going on a cruise. And one medium said to me, oh, that, that's, that's, I, I could, I can't can't t- shut it off either. That's not true because I see everybody going on cruises. I see everybody having fun. Everybody taking vacations. Trust me, everybody can shut it down enough. I can't shut it down. And so the information is going to come nonstop. It's always been like th- like this. I'm going to know if someone's got a brain tumor on the plane. I'm going to know if somebody walking by has got diabetes. I'm going to know if someone's got this. And what happens though is because of that, I'm forced to scan and I'm forced to hear spirit, and I start going blind. So I go almost permanently, like mostly blind, depending on the situation and how many people. So at the events, it gets kind of funny. So I asked, so what happened when I was younger, I asked people, you know, I mean, I asked spirit, sorry about this, I asked spirit, what can I do? What else can I do? And I remember being at a convention with my family, and it was crowded, it was mobbed, and I was getting the readings nonstop, nonstop. And I came across this one person who was really suffering, just suffering, really bad, had some terrible things going on. What I mean terrible means, you know, when I looked inside the body, I saw everything wrong that was imaginable. And I was like, how is this person even standing? And I said to Spirit, what can I do? And Spirit says, let's do the light blast. Let's do the light technique. I'll send down, Spirit said to me, I'll send down light on the crown of the person's head, full throttle. You just work with me on it and let's do it. We sent the light down on the person, and then I started doing it to everybody that's around me, everybody at the convention, sending the light down, practicing, and from there on out, there on out, I learned that technique, starting with, you know, around eight years old, really perfecting it, and I do it at the events. I don't care what it takes. I don't care if it exhausts me. I don't care if you have to scrape me off the floor at the end of the event and just in literally like, you know, piling, pile me into a hotel room. It's just, it's got to get done. I got to do everything I can. So I'm really looking forward. Look, if you're there, it's great. We'll ignite the healing process. People have already done it and been there, know what it does for them. They felt it. There's all kinds of testimonials. Everybody knows about it. So join us if you can. Also, check out the Life Changing Foods book. Check that out. Um, finally, thank God it's done. It's, you know, it's, it's pretty much ready, meaning ready for takeoff. Make sure you lock down a copy. Get into that webinar that we're doing. We're, we're offering all these different things. And uh, make sure you, you lock down a, a, you know, a whole thing. I did just recently, I talked about raw honey, having over 200,000 phytochemicals that stop disease and protect us in the 21st century. And it all from spirit, knowing this information. It's in the book. It's in the Life Changing Foods book. Just lock down a copy. You'll, when you get this book, you won't be mad at me. You won't be upset at me. I promise you, you actually won't. You won't be upset at me. You know when you get. You know when you go out and buy a book every now and then. You buy a book and you're like, oh, okay, wait a minute. All right, I've heard this before. No, I promise you. You haven't heard this before, and it's life changing. So, you know, <laughs> so check that out. Um. So, yeah, look, let's talk about grains. Are you guys worried about grains at all? 
I mean, you know, on any level, have you been told that it's really bad for you to eat grains? Are you, you know, uh, are you on a ketogenic diet? Are you on a grain-free diet? Are you scared to death about carbohydrates? You know, what is it going on? Are you afraid of fruit? Um, you know, all these questions, you know, they come to mind because I hear people all the time. People ask me, Anthony, are grains good for us? Are they good for us? Are they bad for us? Are they good for us? And I hear this all the time. I hear it all day long. I mean, I hear it from everybody. And there are answers to this question. There are. But first, we have to explore some misunderstandings. We have to explore some misunderstandings. Are you guys open for that? Are we going to do that? I'm just going to sip a little bit of this tea right here. Mm. It's a grain-free tea. Um, (laughs) All right, so here's the deal. We have to understand something about autoimmune. We have to we have to visit the autoimmune topic. I know I drive you guys crazy sometimes with it, but it's one of the greatest mistakes of all time. It's the greatest mistake next to nuclear nuclear weapons that are out there sitting in bunkers. Okay, this is this is the next greatest mistake of all history and of all time on the planet. And it's the confusion of autoimmune where conventional and alternative doctors and practitioners believe that autoimmune is the body attacking itself. This could never be more wrong than ever before. This happened due to the fact that modern medicine doesn't know what's wrong with someone and what's causing their lupus symptoms, their celiac problem, their, their um, colitis problem with their intestinal tract, their Hashimoto's thyroiditis. And, and medicine, medical research, medical science doesn't know what causes it. So guess who takes the blame? You. Your body takes the blame 100%. That's the easiest way out, the greatest way out for medical denial. It's the greatest way. So you feel like crap. You feel like your body's attacking itself. You feel like your body's betraying you. You like the way that feels? I don't. I don't like the way that feels. I had someone tell me, someone tell me who just, you know, believes in alternative medicine, you know, enough and believes in, you know, conventional medicine. But very, this person's very like, you know, um, what is it, black and white in many ways or whatever, which is totally cool. I'm not saying that's bad. And and this person's just like, you know, no, no, medical science, medical research understands. They know what autoimmune is. And I'm like, no, they don't. They don't know what it is. It's not the body attacking itself. And they're like, well, well, of course it is. And I'm like, no, of course it's not. Of course it's not. What happens is with Hashimoto's thyroiditis, your thyroid gets inflamed because there's a pathogen called Epstein-Barr, which I brought to the attention to the world years ago, and I'm bringing attention to the world now. And and we can fact check it. We can backdate it. I brought that to the world, and you're hearing it here at the show, and you're going to hear it now all the time out there in other books coming out. You name it. Epstein-Barr causes Hashimoto's thyroiditis. All stems from me with the information brought from Spirit. I'm boasting on that, but it's a fact so you know that any new any new people logging into this show today knows that it comes from here and it's important to know. So I want you to stay tuned for further shows. So you get information that's moving people forward, information that's advanced. And so it's what, what happens is autoimmune is just the body producing anti auto antibodies and antibodies to attack the virus, not the body, not the physical body, not the physical organs. They're not being attacked at all. In fact, your body's working hand in hand to get rid of a pathogen that's inflaming you. So hear me out. A pathogen, a virus, like Hashimoto's thyroiditis, it's a virus inflaming the thyroid. The virus is inflaming the thyroid, not the body. The body's not inflaming the the thyroid. It's a virus. It's Epstein-Barr. Same thing with all these other different autoimmune things. Rheumatoid arthritis is a virus inflaming the joints. And the body is trying to stop it. And inflammation is created by the pathogen inflaming the joints. And if you don't look, if you want to know more about this, you, you get the medical medium book to begin with. And then, you know, I talk about it even more in life-changing foods. But what happens here is that this confusion is one of the worst of all time. It really is. And I could go into a lot of other ones too, but this one's one of the worst because it breaks down your immune system and messes you up, messes you up. Because if you think your body's attacking itself, you don't stand a chance. 
You don't stand a chance. It's like that saying, a snowball's chance in hell or whatever it is. Whatever it is, you're not going to stand a chance. So you have to rewire that right now. Bam, it's rewired. I'm telling you. So it's important to know your body doesn't attack itself. And I'm not talking about it on a spiritual way. I'm talking about a physical way. I'm talking about science that's not discovered that way. That's how I'm talking about it right here. Okay? And so the bottom line is, is we have to, you have to adopt that. You have to make that a belief system. You're going to have to make that part of a factual belief system. Because what happens is, Autoimmune is really now wrapped up with the grain thing, grains. You guys know what I'm talking about. You do, right? It's about grains causing autoimmune, grains causing inflammation. That's not accurate either. That's not accurate at all. So wheat causing inflammation, that's not accurate at all. All. I don't care if it's the best, newest autoimmune book that hit the shelf just recently or coming up or whatever it is. If it doesn't realize it in that book or whoever's writing that or doing whatever or talking on some podcast, if they don't realize it's the wheat feeding a pathogen such as a virus or bacteria, and that virus and bacteria eats the wheat and then eliminates a toxin or the virus and the pathogen eat the wheat and grow stronger and cause more damage, that's the truth. If no one has that in their their books yet, which they don't, we look out for that stuff because we want everybody moving forward. We want people to know the truth. Then you know what? You're dealing with something that's already an antique. You may as well just – I said this before and I'm saying it again. You may as well just go antique, uh, antiquing on the weekend and come home with a lamp, an old lamp. You're better off. So this is really important. This is important to know this. And, and I'm, I'm not saying, oh, ho, ho, this is because Anthony's got all the answers. No, this is just how it works. What happens is there's people out there that are 70 years old that feel fine. They don't have celiac. They don't have anything going on. They don't have, you know, all, they just don't have nothing going on. I know people like that. I was just talking to a friend who's, uh, who's you know, a parent is 96 now. Uh, nothing going on. Nothing to complain about at all. Guess what she eats? She eats bagels, wheat bagels from from Dunkin' Donuts. She eats wheat bagels from Dunkin' Donuts. She puts cream cheese on it too. Cream cheese on her wheat bagels. She's not having autoimmune. Wait a minute. If it's an inflammatory food, how come she's not inflamed? I want to know. I want to know. Okay, so you see what I'm trying to say? And it goes on and on and on and on. That's no joke. I know lots of people that can eat what they want. They could have pizza. It's no big deal. They could have pizza, wheat, and cheese, lots of wheat, and they're not getting inflamed. I know because I do scans, and I'll see any inflammation, and they're not complaining of one symptom. No aches and pains. They're not complaining of you know this and that. They're not complaining of fibromyalgia. They're not complaining of anything because they're lacking one thing. They're lacking the pathogen that feeds off of something. That's what they're lacking. Do you see how it works? You guys, I mean, seriously, you guys are on board with me? I need to know you're on board. I need to know that you're, you're with me here because this is how it works. I mean, do you know somebody that's feeling good and they could eat, they could eat a chocolate cake just filled with wheat and just throw some lard in there too? Throw, throw also MSG in there too, whatever. You know, throw anything you want in there. That fondant that's on chocolate cake. Just filled with God knows what, wheat gluten. It's 100% wheat gluten or whatever it is with sugar pasted in it. So, you know, and, um, and that's how, that's what I'm talking about. And so it's like, uh, you know, and so here's the deal. The deal is it's not the wheat. I'm not saying the wheat's good, and I'm going to cover that. I'm going to cover that and talk about what grains to avoid, what grains, you know, if you do like, you can have some. I'm going to talk about that. So don't get me wrong. I'm not the pro-wheat guy. I'm not the pro-wheat guy. I don't want anybody eating wheat. I'm just telling you, it's not what causes the inflammation. Those books are outdated. I want them updated. That's why I'm complaining. I want them updated. That's what I want. The reason why is because, like I said before, we got the Internet now, but there's still the wrong information out there. We got communities, but they're dealing with the wrong information. And people are still sick, staying sick, and getting sicker and sicker and sicker. And like I said at one show, it's an epidemic, but it's an epidemic. 
It's an epidemic, and that's what we're dealing with all around you guys. That's what we're dealing with. You know, you know, you see it. So, so here's the deal. Let's let's talk about grains for a little bit. Let's go back down into history a little bit too, which is kind of funny. Back in the '80s, the the deal was sprouted wheat. If you were eating sprouted wheat, uh, you were you were eating you were eating healthy. So it wasn't, it was this sprouted wheat was the deal. You go into the health food store and yeah, you can pull a loaf of sprouted wheat off the, off, you know, out of the freezer or maybe even freshly made. You can, you know, get a loaf of sprouted wheat and that was a big deal. That was a big deal. It was in the seventies and eighties. That was a big deal. It was that sprouted wheat bread. And, um, and you know, now you go into the store and there's just gluten-free this, gluten-free that, you got everything this, everything rice, you got, you know, different things, you got millet, bread, um, you know, the whole bit. And, you know, it's a different, you got quinoa, pasta, whatever, you know, and then you got corn, you got all this corn stuff as well. And we're going to talk about that too, because corn is, corn is a grain as well. Corn is a grain as well. So, you know, people think it's a vegetable. Um, so we're going to, we got to fix that. <laughs> you know, I heard somebody tell me recently, like, no, corn's a vegetable. I'm like, no, 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 corn's a grain. And they're like, no, it can't be. I said, no, I promise you it's a grain. And so that's, you know, that's another thing to talk about. We're gonna, but back then all you had was that sprouted wheat bread. Now we got better options. We got better grains too, you know, singled out. If you want to, you know, get yourself some like organic millet, you want to get yourself some quinoa. So we got different grains and everything. But back to the autoimmune thing, the great mistake, autoimmune, just back to that. So if we eat something that feeds a condition, you know, a pathogen that's in us, we get inflammation. I've been telling people for years, you eat eggs, you're going to get more Hashimoto's because the Epstein-Barr and the thyroid that causes Hashimoto's, sorry, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, the Epstein-Barr and the thyroid, that feeds off of eggs. So it eats the eggs and then it, you know, and then it grows nodule, you grow nodules in your thyroid, it creates cysts in your thyroid, it can create thyroid cancer, the Epstein-Barr could even create thyroid cancer. I'm the one who brought the fact that thyroid cancer is caused by Epstein-Barr. Um, that's, that's information Spirit and I brought to town too. And, and also breast cancer is caused by Epstein-Barr as well. And guess what? Now they're starting to finally bring it out. Medical research and medical science is talking about it for the first time in history. Um, um, I've been talking about Epstein-Barr, um, creating breast cancer for over 30 years. So anyway, the bottom line is, is that, you know, these pathogens, they feed off of the eggs, they feed off of the wheat when it comes down to the grains, it feeds off the corn, that's what happens there. So these grains, certain grains can feed a pathogen. And that's why it's all these diet, gluten-free diet books, they're like, oh, the autoimmune diet, oh, this autoimmune, you know, no, actually, (laughs) it's really should be kind of redone and refixed because the stuff is outdated. It's a pathogen feeding off of the wheat. This is why someone can eat cupcakes every morning, you know, for like 50 years and not have a problem. I've seen this over and over again. But times are changing. Times are changing and there's less people pathogen free. There's less people free of, of viruses, less f- people free of bacteria, you guys. And the less people there are, that means we're, you know, we're, we're seeing dinosaurs now. People were, you know, dinosaurs where, you know, they're, they're the last of the breed that can eat what they want and not have a problem. And then there's some rare young, you know, young ones that are rare and they can do it too right now. But it's becoming less and less and less because we got people filled with more radiation, more toxic heavy metals, lots of pathogens, you know, utilizing it all and then utilizing the grain. And this is why grain doesn't work. So what grains are good? What grains are bad? First of all, if you're dealing with any condition or any symptom, you want to keep wheat out. Chances are the wheat's feeding something. And when it's feeding something, that something is creating a problem, whatever that could be. When it's strep-related, so that's strep, streptococcus, feeding off of grain, causing more sinus problems, more sinus congestion. 
It's streptococcus that causes all the UTIs, by the way. It's not yeast. It's strep. Yeast is just always around when you have a bacteria that's causing the real problem. So when you think you have a yeast infection, it's a UTI. It's actually a streptococcus infection with yeast being present, and they look for the yeast. They don't look for the streptococcus, just so you know it's rare they even bother to look for it. So you get told you got a yeast infection. And, um, and then when you get, a, you know, if you get a UTI that gets so bad where it gets to the kidneys and there's bleeding, then they finally say, oh, well, yeah, it's bacteria. Let's do lots of antibiotics. You know, they just forget the yeast tag. They just don't use the yeast tag anymore. But it's always been streptococcus. That's how it's always with you. It always has been with UTIs. So when you're dealing with grains like wheat, you could be feeding a condition. It can be feeding strep. It could be feeding E. coli. You could be feeding um, some C. diff that's in your system that's been sitting around slightly dormant for years and years and years. You could be feeding um, the viruses, all the different viruses there are. If you're dealing with a retrovirus, you know, like HIV, you're dealing with a retrovirus, you don't want to feed it grains. So that's another thing, too. If you're dealing with stealth viruses, you don't want to feed them grains. Um, if you're dealing with the flu, you don't want to have a grain, well, a grain like wheat. You don't want to like a grain like corn. So those are two that you really don't want to use. Um, and, and we want to be careful. We want to be careful. So these are some of the things to think about of how it works. Um, and and let's go into a couple of different things while we have time about grains. I don't want to leave you guys hanging without covering, like, info about them. Are there good grains? Yes, there are. Um, quinoa is a good grain. Um, people are convinced it's not a grain. I think psychologically it was a really good twist but it's a grain, just so you know. <laughs> People are convinced it's not a grain. People are convinced it's just a seed. That's incorrect. I'm going to tell you that right now. It's a grain. But the technique of calling it a seed has upped its value tremendously by taking it out of the grain world. It's a brilliant, it was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. Because it, it really did elevate quinoa. It elevated out of it. It said, no, you're the Jesus Christ of, of the grains. You're not a grain. And it elevated it up. But it's a grain. Sorry about that. It is. So, so the deal is, is quinoa is a good one. Now, if you're, you know, into like, um, if you're into like uh, no carb and autoimmune is caused by grains, you're, you're not going to be offered quinoa most likely. Um, but it's actually okay. Now, if you're somebody, you're dealing with a lot of different symptoms and a lot of different varieties of symptoms. You've been diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. It could be anything Hashimoto's, could be anything lupus, um, and, you know, scleroderma to, um, you know, anything, sarcoidosis to, um, you know, spondylitis, whatever it is that you're dealing with, all these different things, eczema psoriasis to different problems, RA, um, chronic fatigue, then it's a good idea to keep even the good grains out, even the good grains out. But if your heart's set on it, your heart's set on it, you really want the grain, then you want to be thinking about quinoa. It's one of the best ones. If, you, um, if, you know, if you're not dealing with a lot, but you enjoy grains, you can go with quinoa. Let's talk about another one too. Uh, millet. Millet's a good one. Now, the problem is with grains now, too, is that they're changing a little bit. There's a lot of GMO grains on the market. They're moving in. That kind of ruined it in so many ways. Like wheat's changed. Wheat's been hybridized so many times. That's one way that's kind of gotten it a little messed up. Um, the old days, it was hybridized. And, and hybridization's not a bad thing. But when it comes down to when it's grains, it's not helpful at all. And... Um, so millet is something that's a good grain, too. You can get millet bread, but millet bread usually comes with all this other stuff, so you're better off just cooking up millet on its own. Millet by itself is really nutritious. It's a gluten-free grain. Quinoa is gluten-free. And it's a really – these are two nutritious grains. So it, I learned this, too. You know, it's, food is really expensive, really expensive. I mean, it, it, it takes a whole paycheck to shop nowadays. Um, you're buying fruit, you're buying vegetables, 
People don't buy a lot of fruit, really, anyway, you know, so which has to change in the world. We've got to get people eating more fruit for their longevity. But, you know, people buy vegetables, people buy, you know, proteins, people, you know, and it's expensive and it adds up really fast, you know, and I have people that are on budgets. I know people that are on budgets. So they go, they'll look, I only can have, I only have $50 this week. And what do I do? You know, I only have $25 this week. What do I do? And if I think they're not so bad off with different conditions and pathogens and everything else, if I think they're not so bad off with all of that, I'll say, look, why don't you get some millet? Why don't you get some millet? It's really cheap, really inexpensive. You can cook a huge pot of it. It's not going to feed your pathogens because, you know, Epstein-Barr really doesn't feed off of millet. It really doesn't. You know, there's pathogens that won't feed off of it. It's not, the, it's not great for anybody to be on lots of grain or grain if they have a lot of conditions because something could potentially feed off of it. But millet's one of those foods that doesn't really do that so much. So I'll say to somebody who's only got $25 a week, uh, which I totally get, I totally understand, and it's like, here, you know, get a pot of millet, cook that pot of millet once a day, and it, in the end, that pot of millet's going to cost you, you know, every time you have a bowl of millet, it's going to be $0.10, cents, $0.15, cents, I don't know what it is, something like that. And that's one option. And the same thing with, with quinoa. You can get quinoa. It cooks up, it's light and fluffy. You can get away with it. Um, oatmeal, that's one right there, oatmeal. Gluten-free oatmeal, why do we say that? Because it's always processed in factories with gluten. It's always processed in factories with gluten and wheat and everything else. So you want to make sure it's gluten-free so there's not gluten if you're worried about gluten. But oatmeal, still cut oats. That works for some people. But listen, listen, understand this. To some people, they just don't do good with grains. But some people don't do good with meat. Some people don't do good with chicken. Some people don't do good with, you know, fruit, they say. Some people don't do good with vegetables at all. Some people can't eat a salad. Um, I have people who can't eat a salad, but they can eat oatmeal. I have people that can eat. <laughs> Seriously. I got people that all, all they can do is, you know, eat chicken and they can't eat one vegetable. Um, you know, I got people that, you know, can only eat fruit. It's the only thing that feels good in their stomach, and they can't eat, you know, a vegetable. I got people that can only eat fruit and can't eat meat. I got people that only, you know, can eat meat and, and like, one vegetable. So it's, it's you know, it's, it's kind of like that. You got to see where you're at. But oatmeal won't necessarily feed a bad pathogen. So if you need to use it or can use it, you can. If you can, you can. Um, millet won't necessarily feed a pathogen. If you need it, you can use it. I like millet better uh, than oatmeal. I like quinoa better than oatmeal. And like I said, affordability, it's pretty cool. Definitely. Don't do sprouted wheat. It's, not, it's a waste of your time. It's a sprouted wheat. It's totally a waste of your time. Um, and stay away from wheat completely if you're dealing with any symptom or condition. And if you don't even have a symptom or condition, I still just don't even like wheat. Because um, the potential's there. The potential's there for something. The potential's there. Let's talk about rice. Arsenic or no arsenic? Is arsenic in rice? Okay? This is, this is going to blow your mind. Is there arsenic in rice? No, there isn't. There isn't. Yeah. Do, do you have stones ready? Because you're going to have to stone me to death over here. <laughs> because there's come, I'm going to get a lot of people angry. Okay? This was a misconception. There is arsenic in one variety of stripped white rice, okay? One variety of stripped white rice out there. There's some arsenic in there due to the pesticides, but those arsenic pesticides are on everything, everything. They're on everything, and that's where it came from. I mean, that's where, it, where it's happening. It's everywhere. It's copper and arsenic, and it's on conventional stuff. I mean, if you're really, really in a financial problem and you can't eat one thing organic, then we guess we do conventional fruits and vegetables, without a doubt. But the arsenic is on every, it's in every pesticide. It's ladled everywhere. It's, it's on everything. So you get organic rice. 
and you pick organic brown rice. The safest and the best is organic short grain brown rice. Organic short grain brown rice. Okay, that's the safest. There's no arsenic on it. There's no arsenic in it. It's not. It's not there. Because arsenic comes from those heavy-laden pesticides, especially in other countries where they're still using DDT, everything else. That's where that arsenic is. I'm just telling you right now. This was another mass confusion. Don't be afraid of rice. Um, rice is gluten-free. You can totally do rice if you really like it. Um, absolutely. Had someone tell me, hey, look, you know, I eat rice all these years. I heard it's bad for you now. I heard it causes autoimmune. No, rice doesn't cause autoimmune. Rice, if you eat a lot of it, it could potentially instigate a pathogen. But if you're feeling healthy enough, you're feeling stable enough, you don't have a lot of symptoms, you don't have a lot of conditions, you don't have a lot of money, you want to have a pot of brown rice, you have a pot of brown rice if you really want. Have it with vegetables. You see how it works? It's not about what Anthony's belief system is. Like, does Anthony, you know, believe in this and this only? Or does Anthony believe in that? <laughs> sounds silly, but... It's not about that. It's about what's right. It's about what works. It's about what's really wrong with someone's health. It's about the right information. If you logged on to this show, you're going to get the right information. You're going to get why autoimmune is called, called auto, autoimmune and how the blame was put on us. You're going to get why, you know, we're told our body's attacking itself. You're going to get why we get sick. You're going to get what's really causing the sicknesses. Well, it's not the grain. You're also going to get a guy that says, which is me, don't eat the grain, don't eat wheat, don't eat corn. They'll feed the pathogens. So it's not like I'm sitting here saying, oh, you can eat all the grain you want. Oh, forget autoimmune. That's not what I'm talking about. You guys are listening. So if you just logged on to the show, go back to the beginning, and you're going to have to hear the beginning of the show. So how can grains work better for us if we're going to eat them, if you're going to choose to eat them? I mean, me personally, I like eating some fruit because I want the longevity. I want the antioxidants. I want the phytochemicals. Um, I want the asparagus. I want the spinach. I want the papaya. You know, I like those because of what they offer. I talked about the raw honey. I like the raw honey. I know I get the vegans so upset. I understand I get the plant-based people so upset with the honey, but we're going to do a show, and I'm going to talk about how honey really is vegan, by the way. So there's a whole other misconception I have to help everybody out with. It's so important to know this. The vegans need to know this, that honey is okay to eat. Now I really got everybody mad. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. Um, it's all about phytochemicals, what has the most medicine, what can help and heal our diseases and our conditions, what can protect us from cancer is why I did Life Changing Foods book. If you haven't ordered a copy yet, just don't forget because it's, it's my greatest prayers and wishes that people actually have that information and I want people to heal and then you can help other people heal and other people heal and that's what it's about. So, you know, it's about those phytochemicals, it's about the antioxidants, it's about all of that information. It's not about what I like, what I don't like. And so that's very important. It's not what about a belief system I subscribe to. It's about just making sure you guys get what you need. Celery works great with, with uh, grains. It works incredible. You can, you can cook celery, steam it, chop it up, have it in a grain dish if you want. You can have it raw, chopped up raw, and put in a quinoa dish. Celery is amazing You can for that. It's incredible for that. Really healing, really profoundly powerful when you put it with a grain, meaning that what celery does is celery makes the grain work. It makes the grain um, eliminate its potential of phytochemicals because grains have medicine in them too. So what happens is when you have celery with, with quinoa, if you have celery with a little brown rice, if that's something you want, if you have that, the celery, the mineral salts in the celery, the, the rare mineral salts that are, are not measured by science and research, turn the grain into something. That's what happens. It chelates the grain. It chelates what is good, the phytochemical in the grain. You can have that with quinoa. You can have celery with any grain you choose. Cucumbers, chop up cucumbers, have that with a quinoa dish, have that with a millet dish, have that with a rice dish, incredible. 
cucumbers help as well. They help balance the acidity of grains because grains are really acidic. They're really acidic. So they help. So, the, you know, the cucumber helps balance that acidity with the grain. Spinach. Spinach is incredible. It actually helps the body break down, digest, and use the amino acids correctly from the grains. One of the things is arginine, you know, that's one of the amino acids everybody's worried about when it comes down to grains. Carnitine is the amino acid we have to worry about, carnitine. Don't take carnitine supplements if you have a condition. It'll blow it up. It'll blow that condition out of the water for you in a bad way. So don't, you know, carnitine, that's the one that's troublesome. It ignites viruses. It ignites everything under the sun. Arginine is like a firecracker to carnitine, which is like a bomb. <laughs> okay? I'm just telling you right now. So, you know, um, spinach helps knock down arginine. Uh, the, actually, celery does too. Both those knock down arginine levels if, there, if a grain has any of that in there. Um, lettuce. Lettuce is really work good with grains. Rice can go in lettuce, um, lettuce wraps. You can take romaine leaf lettuce. We could put rice in there. And um, this is if you're, you're, you dig grains. You know, like I did have a few people tell me, look, I love grains, ate them my whole life. The whole world's against them. What do I do? I'm like, look, as long as you're feeling this and feeling that and guidelines and everything else that I'm talking about on the show, then fine. Um, watercress. It's a great one with grains. Arugula, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Sipping a little water here. Arugula, that's a great one. Arugula is like a, a tonic for the stomach. Arugula helps with hydrochloric acid as well, those rare seven, the seven hydrochloric acid blend. And arugula helps stimulate that and create a little bit more hydrochloric acid, a, little, a lot different than celery. Celery, you know, basically helps build the strength of your hydrochloric acid, helps build the strength. The ru, ru, sorry, arugula, tongue-tiding me there. Arugula does more than that in a different way. It takes the, the hydrochloric acid that you have and it strengthens it. Celery produces it, get, it actually allows a production of hydrochloric acid, helps you know, build that hydrochloric acid up, levels of it up. Arugula, you know, amplifies it in a different way. <laughs> that was a little confusing, but that's what it does. They both work together, and it's something to have in your diet one way or another, but it works great with grains. Sprouts, microgreens, help neutralize the acidity in grains because they're so alkaline. That's another thing right there. Parsley, amazing with grains. It's incredible, actually. Very helpful. Cilantro. Cilantro is wonderful with grains. If you're stuck with that one variety of white rice from that one country that's still using DDT with tons of arsenic on it, and you're stuck with that one, you know, just bottom-of-the-barrel rice because you've got nothing else to eat, and I totally understand that, then cilantro, you eat cilantro with that, that type of rice. You eat cilantro with that variety of rice. That can be really helpful. Um, and then let's see. We'll see what else we got cooking here. Tomatoes. It's incredible with a grain. Can't underestimate it at all. That's another great one. So don't be afraid of tomatoes. And you might say, hey, nightshades, I can't eat tomatoes. No, no, no. You don't want pizza with tomato sauce. That's how you're going to have aches and pains because the, the, the uh, crust, the wheat crust is going to feed some kind of pathogen. The cheese is going to feed some kind of pathogen. That's what's going to give you a problem when it comes down to, you know, aches and pains and RA and all these other issues that nightshades cause. No, it's not the tomato on the pizza. So it's, it's the pizza. So remember that. So tomatoes really helpful for grains, fresh tomatoes, tomato salads, tomato cucumber salads with some quinoa in it. Can't go wrong. Onions, they work great with grains. I'm not talking about flavor. I mean, sure, <laughs> probably flavors it good. But I'm talking about synergistically, bioidentically, it connects to the grain. Um, 
scallions and chives. They work great with millet, teff. They work great with teff. That's another one. They work great with amaranth. You can use amaranth and teff. They're very good grains. Um, you can definitely get into those if you need to. Ginger, it's incredible too. It's an incredible um, tonic for the stomach, which helps you utilize the grain more. Turmeric. Um, turmeric does something interesting. It enhances, enhances the good amino acids in grains. It enhances them, pulls them out and enhances them. It actually puts them as a star, puts them up on a pedestal. Rosemary. I think I put that one in because it tastes so good with a grain. <laughs> rosemary, rosemary does more than that. Rose, rosemary stimulates um, digestion, strengthens digestion. It's like a digestion aid. And when you have that with a grain, they really work together good. Avocado goes great with grain because instead of using butter, instead of using butter, instead of using, you know, um, cheese or some other type of fat, um, you can instead of using bad oil like canola oil, you can use avocado with your millet, avocado with some rice, avocado as your butter, and garlic. Garlic's a great one because garlic, the phytochemicals in garlic, actually bind to the grain. They become one. So as they go down through your intestinal tract, they become bug killers. Garlic sticks to the grain and it kills bugs as it goes down through your intestinal tract. So anybody's worried about a worm, that's a great way of deworming. So these are some of the options that we have. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. If you're somebody that is afraid of eating fruit, but you only eat grain, try to switch it off. Try to move the grain out of your diet and eat more fruit. There's no question. Um, if you're somebody afraid of a lot of vegetables, but you eat a lot of grain, try to move the grain out and start bringing in more vegetables. Um, if you're someone that likes a lot of fish, keep the grains really low. You don't want a lot of grains while you're doing a lot of fish. You don't want too much, you know, like a lot of people do fish and rice. I would say quinoa is the safest grain with fish. So if you like wild salmon and you want to do a grain or you're over somebody's house, that's what they're making, whatever it is, you know, I mean, or you're at a restaurant and you want to ask for something like that, you can do like salmon and some quinoa, but try not to do salmon and some a basket of bread at the restaurant too, you know, wheat bread. Try not to do wheat and salmon. Try not to have a salmon sandwich. <laughs> and um, and same thing with rice. Try not to do salmon and rice. You try to do say salmon and quinoa or just salmon and vegetables or, you know, another fish that you like. If you're a big meat eater, keep the grains to literally a little bit of quinoa and maybe a little bit of, of millet once in a while if you're doing a lot of meat. Meat doesn't go great with grains at all. We've known this forever, and I say we because I've seen that circulate among the um, alternative communities, and I agree with it since the beginning of its conception that the body has a hard time digesting, digesting heavy amounts of protein while digesting a starch at the same time. If you're a big grass-fed beef eater, Keep your grains minimum. You can do more fruit. You can do lots of vegetables. You can do more fruit. You can do a few nuts and seeds, but keep your grains down lower. If you're doing animal protein once a day, if you're a person who just likes to have a little bit of chicken at night or a little bit of turkey at night or something like that, and you're doing animal protein once a day, um, don't, do, don't do grains more than once a day if you're a grain eater, if you really like grains. So that's the kind of the, you know, a little bit of a systematic plan for you guys if you're really, you know, doing that. Um, if you're raw vegan, um, just, just stay away from grains altogether. Um, if you're dealing with a lot of illnesses or conditions, stay away from grains altogether. You know, if you're feeling pretty good and, and you're living your life and you want some quinoa, it should be all right. So it's kind of like that. You got to play it by ear, see where you are. But... There's no skull and crossbones in front of quinoa, millet, steel-cut oats, even buckwheat. You know, it's not buckwheat's not my favorite, but, you know, meaning like I'm not that fond of it for a lot of health reasons. But even buckwheat, rice, you know, teff, amaranth, there's no skull and crossbones in front of it, okay? They don't create autoimmune, all right? So that's how it works. Corn and wheat definitely feed bugs that mistaken 
the world as the body attacking itself. Okay, when really it's the bug attacking the body by getting fueled up with wheat and corn. So I'm trying to clarify that 100%. So understand that. That's important to know. But there's no skull and crossbones in front of grains. And um, so if you need to incorporate them, like I said, some people, they can't afford food, and you can buy a big sack of millet, and you can cook it each day, and you can feed your family, and you're feeding them healthy. You really are. So you got to, you know... There, there's different ways of, of doing things. <clears throat> so anyway, I hope I covered like a lot of grain stuff. There's only a few minutes left. So let me just cover one more thing. Mycotoxins and mold and fungus. Okay, that's a whole thing about grains. So it's mycotoxin, that whole mycotoxin thing. Um, it's not what people think. Mycotoxins are really not the, the, the problem with the grain as far as with the grain. Mycotoxins are a problem when we get triggered by inhaling, breathing in, or eating, or living in mold, like the dangerous molds, the black mold. I did a mold show talking about this, and the mycotoxins are actually poisons that are in the mold that the mold produces. And grain does collect mold, and we know it's been, been you know, capable of collecting mold, but so does everything. You can get the worst mycotoxins from meat collecting mold. You can, you know, anything can collect mold. Fish can collect mold. Meat can collect mold. Anything can collect mold. So you have to understand that the mycotoxins are all around everywhere with every food item we have on this planet. And that's just how it works. So you just don't want to eat moldy grains is what I'm trying to say. So when you get quinoa, you just make sure it's good stuff, high quality. It won't have mold in it, so you're not going to get any mycotoxins. This is another huge confusion out there in the alternative movement about mycotoxins and everything else. And But wheat and corn feed viruses that create neurotoxins, and those are the ones that make us neurologically sick, not mycotoxins. I'm not saying mycotoxins are good because mold isn't. It does knock us down so that Epstein-Barr can take over and other things can take over. So, And we'll, you know, we'll do another mycotoxin show, too, to really clarify that as well so we know what's going on. Look, you guys. Um, check out the event. I talk, the event coming up. I talked to you. Go to medicalmedium.com. Check it out. Check out Life Changing Foods. Lock down a copy. I can't wait. I'm so excited when you guys open up that book because I got so many surprises in there. It's killing me, man. It's like because the surprises in there are serious. Like, I'm serious. When you open this up, uh, you're going to be like, your mind's going to be blown. I put so many different things in there. You're going to see it, and you're going to be like, he outdid himself. It's really spirit that outdid himself. <laughs> and, and when you see it, I think you're going to be excited. So I'm giddy over it. I'm excited. I can't wait for you to see that. Um, it just it gets me up in the morning when you guys are going to open that book, and you're going to be, you're going to be happy because it's for you. It's for you. I love you so much. I care about you so much. And listen, it's all about you healing. It's all about you getting better. It's all about you moving forward. It's all about, that's what it's about. Spirit gave me this gift for you guys. It's not for me. It's not for me, okay? It's not. The part that's for me is seeing you heal, is seeing you move forward, is seeing you live your life, is seeing you, you know, really get past your illnesses, is seeing your loved ones get past their illnesses, get benefits, Watching you guys drink celery juice and heal. Watch you guys move forward in your life like never before. Getting rid of neurological symptoms. And, and that's the part that's for me, okay? But the gift is for you. And for me, watching you heal and move forward is just, it's just, it's, it's food for me. And I love you for all the hard work you're doing. I believe in you. I stand behind you. You didn't create your illness. I promise you that. And it's not your fault. You're a good person. Never think different. Never think you manifested your illness or disease or condition because you didn't. You didn't at all. It's not your fault. There are real reasons. I love you. Take one day at a time. I stand behind you. Bless you. Take care.